Hey everyone, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're at episode 687. This is being recorded on July 27, 2022. I'm Sebastian Peek. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Brett Van Spronberg. And I'm Kent Burgess. That's right. No and Josh. Someone took Josh out to the ball game. Yes, exactly. Well, we can just <laughs> yes. uh yeah, we'll get to that in a, just a moment. Uh, first, a moment. we have to thank all of our patrons over at uh, patreon.com slash pcper. Thank you for the support. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. And let's immediately cut to our top Ash. story tonight, which is... Ash, like Josh. I said, still making Ash. it rain. Ash is still yeah. making it rain. Making it rain over there on Patreon. Thank, thank you very you, much. Ash, Ash, Ash. Ash. Speaking of Ash, Josh was at the <laughs> ballpark today. He decided to go out to Coors Fields and uh, leave us behind. Although three thirty, not even in the nosebleeds. Afternoon game. I, I wonder what he's up to. Maybe he's having dinner somewhere in Denver. I do have some trouble with his choice, though. I've always been a third baseline guy. First baseline, and it's like, yeah, unless you like catching the foul balls, in which case, well, good on you. He said he had a hot dog. Did he? Yeah, he said he had he a hot did. dog he and beer. He, he did. He did. Okay. Somebody somebody just mentioned it looked like a photo from 1978. Throw that back up there again. Let me take a look hey, at that. Let's look at the full screen version of this. And besides, even when I ended up with my vegan friends, I still had a hot dog at the ball game. So, so is it Coors? The Rockies, the Rockies didn't exist in 1978, so that can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the outfits do not scream 70s to me at all. Oh, and besides, uh, the... Major League Baseball is going to take us off the air now. Right. We are disseminating an image without uh, written consent. You're right. There's going to be a copyright strike on us now. Mm-hmm. Damn it. So okay, I hate when I'll that it out. The Game On AMD event is happening. It's our real top story tonight. Only because it's so timely, as in time limited, because it started two days ago and it runs through August 5. It's a big sale on Ryzen processors and Radeon graphics cards. It's kind of like Prime Day all over again. The prices are pretty good. It's it's uh, Amazon, Newegg, Micro Center, Best Buy, and Ant Online are participating. There's a Game On AMD site you can visit and see what all the current deals are. I took a, took this screenshot yesterday of the current best deals at the time, according to AMD. There was even a an RX 6900 XT for $799 at Brett. You're not going to believe this. No, do tell. Micro Center. What? I know. It's my shocked face. I said if uh, Lowe's fortunate enough to live in close proximity to a micro center, we'll enjoy some of the best deals, as usual. But don't worry. If you don't have a micro center nearby, you can check out Amazon. There's a bunch of good stuff on here, like this uh, PowerColor RX 6600 for just $279. Pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal. Not amazing, not mind-blowing, but good. Like 20% off. 39% 39% off MSRP for a processor like 5600X at 189 It's not earth-shattering, but it's very good. Here's some other prices. And the X3D, yeah. regular price. So, uh, Well, only oh, true hey. fans are going to buy that. They don't need to put that on sale. It's true. It just, is the, just checked the Micro Center in my area. 729 for 6900 XT power whoa. color. Yeah, yeah, it still shows that one is 799 here. Wraith still... Oh, look, the 5600X is down another $10. It's down yeah. to 179 at Micro Center, of course. Oh, of course. So you can you can go to this little site from AMD. You can click on the um, like the retailer, and it'll take you to a special... Take you to a special site that just has the deals. 
Uh, let, let me let me just be clear that that price that I just threw out there was for a refurbished version mm. at Micro Center. They do have that seven ninety nine one that you were referring to, but they also have Power Color, uh, the Red Devil for seven forty nine uh, locally here. But they do have that seven ninety nine mm. one. The seven forty nine is a heck of a deal for the sixty nine hundred XT. Mm. If you look at the deals by model, yes. that's probably the best way to look on the AMD mm. Game On yeah. site, and you can just drop down and see. That's a very efficient way of giving people a way to shop, isn't yeah, it? And there's a direct link out to each of those products. It's it's very nice. Whoever's curating this and running it is doing a good job. You can just buy a 6800 XT for uh, 709. What about the 6950? Ooh, 999 on Amazon. Tell me more. Game on AMD, Amazon. Uh, uh, there it is. Where is it? Okay, there you go. 6950 XT uh, yeah. for 999. Get the best of this generation. People always talk about whether or not it's worth upgrading now or waiting. And I've heard this phrase a couple of times, and I think it was Jay that I just heard it from just a few minutes or a couple of videos ago, was was, uh, just because the new version comes out doesn't make your card throw up any less fewer frames. You're still getting the same frame rate you were. If you Whatever like you have to tell yourself, before. Brett. Look, uh, I'm sure those... Unless you shop Apple, in which case, yes, it actually is running slower when the next generation comes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no! So true. Very true. Oh, speaking of AMD, uh, getting back on track, new drivers. All, not always exciting, but this time, they're adding more features. They're starting to... You know, they have their own upscaling technology, just like DLSS, kind of, and now they have... Noise suppression. Wow, you, the noise in the, your background just stopped when you said that. That's amazing. Isn't timing. that weird? And I'm not even yeah. on an AMD card. That's the power of Radeon software. You just had to look at it. And there's uh, we're watching a video right now. It's just showing all the excitement of uh, Radeon software. But anyway, if you have an AMD Radeon graphics card and you haven't upgraded yet, uh, I am very curious to try out noise suppression with uh, Radeon software and of course, you already have things like Radeon image sharpening. And my favorite feature of all time, integer scaling. Retro games the way you remember them, right, on an LCD, like with huge square pixels. That's exactly how people used to play games in the 1990s. Mm, you sound slightly snarky. I want them to have a CRT filter. Ooh, what would that do? What do, what do you think that add, would look like? Add scan lines. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Add like and make, distortion from the curve and screen. non non square pixels make them taller. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I didn't mean to upgrade to that yesterday, but it's just too hot to do anything, so <laughs> I didn't get a chance to test it out tonight. I'll have to fire up the Radeon platform and check out the new driver. I have not done it either. I've well, I mean, I'm, I'm using stuff. it right now. I could upgrade it in the middle of the show, just in place. Not, what could go wrong? Yeah. Certainly no, couldn't go any more I, wrong than my video feed has tonight. I'm definitely going oh, down to Microcenter. Is that a Getting a Radeon tomorrow. <laughs> You're going to start seeing uh, weird, like, green glitching, which is what this Pengo uh, input, like, Pengo 4K grabber always did, which is why I stopped using it. But mm. yeah, it's better I've been than seeing some glitching. Yeah. It's better I than just asked in Discord if uh, anyone else was seeing it. Uh, but yeah. No, it's, it's real. It's real. And I just have to live with it until I figure out what's wrong with the Camlink 4K. Here's an exciting hardware story. Micron has all new 232 layer NAND. Remember when 64 layers was a big deal? Yes. Six plane architecture. Can you imagine 
the next generation of SSDs that have like one chip and it's four terabytes or something. Where's Maltavino when you need him? I know. <laughs> he would know something about this. Good. 176 layer. Get out of here. Yeah, no, it's just old and busted now. But the thing is that they also went from uh, the, the way that all of those stacks connect via the planes, they've moved from four to six. So you've got significantly more planes connecting the stacks as well. So what they're claiming is 2.4 gigabytes a second of bandwidth. So, you know, about 50% faster than what we're seeing now, which is good for PCIe 4.0 because we still haven't maxed that out, but even better for PCIe 5.0 because we still, there is, and it was a tough choice because Kyoxia released a Gen 5 NVMe controller today. So, or the same time that they did. But honestly, this looks more interesting because you know what you find in most SSDs on the planet? Micron. Micron band. So this will be industry-wide because almost all your favorite NVMe suppliers, like that's what you're shopping for is that uh, sweet 176-layer NAND. And now, eh, when it comes out, it's, it's already in production. It's not for sale yet, but it's in production. This 232-layer NAND looks freaking amazing. You'll see it in the Crucial ones first because, well, that's where Crucial ended up was with Micron. Uh, But it's going to be interesting to see what this does. And the other nice thing that you like in the middle of summer is they're they're talking about uh, using a a brand new type of low-power DDR4. And it drops the power draw by about 30%. So not only are they faster, they're actually sucking down less power. They're generating less heat. It's it's going to be interesting, and the, like the flash likes to be warm, the NAND doesn't, the controller doesn't, and the NAND's right next to the controller, so less power there is a good thing. It'll be interesting to see if what effect this has, because I mean Windows boot times can't get much faster nowadays. Vengeance, I say, Corsair Vengeance, that is RGB DDR5, and it's fast. It's not just it's not just a pretty face. It has it where it counts. It has it in speeds of up to 6,400 megatransfers per second, does this new Corsair memory, and capacities at the outset, anyway, of up to 32 gigs with a standard 16 gigabyte times two dual channel kit. But there'll be speeds of up to 6,600 megatransfers per second, which is currently the fastest DDR5 you can get from anyone. And they're going to be offering 64 gigabyte kits as well. But the aesthetic impact of RGB can never be overstated, obviously. So feast your eyes on 10 zones of fully addressable lighting with a 360-degree view at the top of each module. If you're watching the video, you can see this uh, vanity shot here of a completed system with some colorful fans and matching memory. And uh, I copied over all the current... SKUs on the Corsair website. So the prices range from $224.99 for a 32 gigabyte kit of 5200 CL40. I want the one I can't afford. Well, <laughs> if you TV have day. to ask how much the 6600 CL32 is, then you can't afford it. They have But that's also that great one. news. They've, they've actually designed DDR5 6600 at CL32. Yes. It'll cost, but it means that we should see CLs coming down. Because CL50 just disturbs me. Thankfully, none of these offer that, but... What I find interesting, and you can see it just looking at this list, as the speeds go up, the latency goes down, and it seems to be that with every vendor out there. Why? 
Why? I just don't, I don't get it. Maybe it's because- G-Skills kits were not quite like that. Their uh, 6,000 kit is, uh, has a cast latency of 30, and the 6,400 kit that I got is 32. It looks horrific because the latencies are high, but at the same time, the, the frequencies are so much higher that you do the math and it's, it's not as bad as it looks, but still, like there are certain built-in latencies that happen. Hey, Sebastian's so, back. I've been back. Yeah. There he is. It I was actually trying to figure out how to with the Black Magic card. Trying to figure out how to add a audio delay in VMix, and I don't see how to do it. I don't. You can do it in OBS easily. You can put in like however many milliseconds you want. You can always audio... start routing. You can start what? routing through OBS before you send it out. Oh, no, this reminds me of the day was when Ryan was trying out the Black Magic cards, and they kept overheating in the middle of the show and just dying. I think I need to put a heat sink on the Camlink 4K. I, I think you might want to, and maybe a p- fan pointed at it. The one thing I've done differently so far is I took the little extension USB cable off of it, so I just have it plugged directly into the motherboards. Maybe the, the USB cable is at fault. Can, yeah. can you uh, design a custom water cooling loop for him? Mm, That'd be sure. great. A tiny water cooler. <laughs> for the camera it, it would Not probably be fine if you just if you just cracked the case and just had the raw little PCB hanging out of the USB socket. Or I could put a tiny fan on it. You know, I wouldn't sound obnoxious at all during the show. I don't know if you no. guys remember. I've talked about the uh, the topping headphone amp that I've got. That I'm on my yeah. third one of, um, because the first two died both within a couple of months. And when I got the third one, I got it from a, a place that has a the, the the reseller or the seller has a four year warranty. But I also put a an eighty millimeter be quiet fan just on top of it, mm. and it's just fine because mm-hmm. I noticed mm-hmm. both of the others tended to get quite warm, and uh, this one stays. Uh, you can touch the sides and it stays cool, uh, and it's still Makes going. Sense. <clears throat> Active cooling, you gotta love it. You know, yeah. Sony Sony fixed the Alpha series overheating issue with uh, later cameras like the one I have, and uh, now I have to deal with the capture device overheating or glitching or something. Okay. Well, welcome back. Speaking of uh, heat challenged, very small systems. On to D next story, which is about <laughs> a really tiny. Intel Core i7 system. Now, this is not yeah. some little, you know, play thing. I mean, look at that. That's an Intel processor on there. Taking up about a quarter of the entire space. Yeah. Well, maybe a fifth. And How uh, did they the, cool this? Uh, uh, carefully? <laughs> oh, it's it's uh, the mobile parts, right? So okay. that there is an i7-1185-G7E. Oh, G7E it has uh, a little bit better graphics than the uh, base then. I'm yes, guessing. it also does. Because, I mean, where the hell you put a graphics card on that? <laughs> Look, let's and talk about this company, Aeon. Aeon, <laughs> totally not related to Asus because it is their industrial arm. So any sort of industrial electronic application. Okay, but to, to avoid Aeon, confusion, you said arm as in like division, not arm. Yeah, but this I didn't is X86. Make it capitalized. Well, isn't this... arm stylized in lowercase now? Mm, yeah, well, I got in trouble with Nvidia for that too. So okay. Who knows? This has got to be but for yeah. industrial control systems. But why in the heck would you not want a credit card uh, sized i7 system 
with 16 gigs of RAM, uh, support for uh, M.2 2280 PCIe 3. Wow, it's got a lot. All the outputs you want, two Ethernet ports, mm. and when you strap on the custom-made uh, heatsink and fan that they've got, it's you know it's a it's going to be a stack of credit cards tall because I mean you, you still got to fit in two Ethernet ports, but the overall footprint is a mere eighty-six by fifty-five millimeters. It's they're going to have a Ryzen version of this. They have two Ryzen versions of really? it. Really, you could make your own little yeah. Steam the, Deck. The Vive two thousands. And if the i7 is a little too much and you're worried about, uh, you know, that's upwards of like 28 watt draw. Yeah. So you want something a little bit lower. Well, they do an i3 1115G4E and 1145G70 if you want an i5. So, you know, not too bad. And Dark Lord, yeah, I do agree that going HDMI 1.4 is kind of a cheap out. You should have went to, but then again, it's generally designed for industrial purposes. This is just too neat not to mention. They're in pre-order right now, or sir, you can ask for a quote right now. They don't have any particular pricing on them. Oh, okay. But, I mean, this is just sillily entertaining. The power of an i7 or a, a V2000 in that. Or, or a, well, here's the sad thing. I bet if you do Ryzen Embedded, it's, it's uh, Vega graphics, so... Uh, yes, I do it's believe you're excited about that. But still interesting to see something Raspberry Pi size. That's x86. Yeah. Cool little server farm with a very high density, low footprint. Indeed. Just slot them in. You don't need to keep that old Mac mini around. You can just use one of these and a stack of hard drives. Just put it on top of like 10, 16 terabyte hard drives case. Oh, that's optional. I think that's exactly what, what my pie hole looks like in my basement. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a Raspberry Pi and a stack of hard drives. And uh, there is a Mac Mini down there, come to think of it. I can't believe it. Of course really? there is. <laughs> you have an Apple computer there? Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've been meaning to replace it with uh, like Proxmox or something like that. But Next story, Razer Blade Advanced. Now, we were just looking at a really small system, not necessarily for gaming, but it Maybe a little light gaming, but this, this is a gaming laptop and it feels like the Alder Lake stuff with DDR5 is a little late in coming on the laptop side of things, but here's one. It's the new 20, 2022 model of the Razer Blade 15 Advanced, $3,000, but you're getting an i7-12800H, dual channel DDR5-4800 of unknown latency. I like that. Mm. And well, uh, I looked and not even Razor was publishing it. Yeah, it's probably 40, 42. And uh, a 3070 Ti to power its 240 hertz, 1440p G Sync, 100% DCI P3. Get excited. Tweak Town has I mean, that's a well. nice display. It is a nice display. I think. I mean, they gave it a 90% at Tweak Town. Does uh, Tyler Bernath. And here's a some look at the packaging and the massive 230 watt power brick. Who would have thought that an Alder Lake laptop would need such a large power brick? Well, hmm. I mean, it, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not it that needs it. Let's see. Yeah, that's decent cooling. This doesn't look dissimilar to any other recent gaming laptop I've looked at from anyone like Lenovo or 
Yeah, uh, Tweaktown said it looks almost the exact same as last year's. Okay. But uh, yeah, that 3070 Ti sucks power. And yeah, it is a lovely <laughs> old AMI BIOS. Right, I was going to say, uh, what says advanced more than an <laughs> AMI BIOS that looks like a, you know, Dell laptop from... Yeah, well, maybe it's a security feature, as we'll get into later, much to my great dismay. Oh. Oh! Okay, yes. We, that we might actually be a that. security feature. Yes. Dang it. But yeah, mm, interesting. three grand. This one starts at three grand for what they picked up. Oh, that was the starting price. Okay. Yeah. Some software. Okay, let's see. What does a... Uh, 12800H look like in a razor blade chassis compared to the MSI GE76 Raider. And what else would you be doing with a gaming laptop than Cinebench R23, of course? Oh, it's also an i9. With a 3080 Ti. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there is the i7-11800H from last year. So let's, that's a better comparison. Let's look. There is a boost, a yeah. single-threaded and multi-threaded boost. Mm-hmm. And you have, uh, well... More memory bandwidth than before. Again, like just an iterative upgrade. Yeah, it's what you want. You don't want to buy a laptop right now with 11th gen. I'm sorry. I don't care if it's on sale. And I have actually an 11th gen laptop I haven't opened that I should be looking at. Well, I mean, if it's all like 60% off, 70% off, then yeah. Right. That's the only reason I was even considering still doing it because it was sent late in the game. I'm like, why why 11th gen? It, it, It runs too hot. It doesn't have as many cores. But there's going to be a lot of them out there. This is the first laptop I can remember seeing that's coming with DDR5. There may yes. have been others, but this is the first one I've seen. Let's see, is battery life any better? 11th through to... Uh, they didn't test the 11th gen. Why? Unacceptable. Go uh, back. Because it kept shutting off the second they turned it on. <laughs> <laughs> and Cyberpunk uh, numbers versus nothing. Okay, you got... You, you don't... All right, I, I'm not going to... If it takes an extra day to get all the testing done, then wait a day to release the review. That's all I'm saying. All right. So I thought we usually started out with Intel Arc coverage. I thought that was yeah. always our lead byline was Intel graphics. And I, I teased that in us the email. Long, mm-hmm. It's good for us. I have been doing that, and I feel like it's it's a bit that's kind of run its course. But I mean, if people love it, comment below if you want to see us lead off with Intel Arc news every week, even if it's uh, snarky or we're just reporting on rumors or we're just saying, and the news is there is no news because it's still not out and we don't have a review sample. But Or it's a quick shot of a, or a still of Ryan. Right. But someone you're now allowed to actually call an Intel shill. I don't <laughs> think you're a shill if you're actually the head of marketing. Right. Well, I mean, you're, you're a page. That's your job. It's literally your job. You wake up in the morning and. Yeah. So anyway, we love Ryan, you, Ryan, but Ryan, at that point, you're a hooker. Is that what it is? Uh, uh, well, I wasn't going to say that first, but thank you for well, bringing is, it up. This is taking a turn. Hi, mom. Impressive uh, intro graphics here. And sound. Hey everybody, Ryan Shrout from Intel here with you for another quick update. Uh, today we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about VRR, HDR, and HDMI. A bunch of 
letter soup and acronyms that are very important to, to gamers. First up, I want to talk about VRR or Variable Refresh Rate or Visa Adaptive Sync that's part of the DisplayPort standard. So behind me, running on an Intel Arc A750, we have an Acer 4K 120Hz Variable Refresh Display. And you can see here we've got uh, the Death Stranding Director's Cut title playing uh, and we are running it around well, if I look around here, 90 to 100 to 80 frames per second, depending on where you're looking, right? But the important thing is on this monitor, it has a tool to display the refresh rate of the monitor. So not only can we see the render rate of the GPU in the top left corner here at about 95 frames per second, we can see that the refresh rate of the display is matching it, oscillating back and forth between 95 and 96 frames per second. Okay, just pausing for a moment here. He doesn't call yes, frame rating what he used to anymore, does he? Let's see. Let's skip ahead a little bit. He's, gonna, he's talking about render rate. I don't know. Just check out the, the video if you want to hear. You can see most modern games today support HDR as long as you have a monitor and a graphics card that's supported as well. Here we've got uh, this new Alienware HDR QD, QD OLED screen. It's fantastic. But the problem with any display technology, obviously, is that showing you at home what that looks like and the effect it can have on your gaming is really tough. We've got a camera that's capturing it, it's being compressed, we're streaming it to whatever monitor you have. Uh, but luckily, here at Intel, we're, you know, spare no expense, we've got terrific testing capabilities. We have a, a very accurate, highly reliable external testing device that we can bring in to show you that HDR is uh, working appropriately. Hey, uh, hey, hey, Ken, can you bring over the HDR testing device? Thanks. Hi. Hi, let's uh, let's take a look at this HDR real fast. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it's obviously in HDR mode, first of all, because at the end of the hallway, that's like super bright. I don't know how that's going to translate on the camera, unfortunately, but... That's why that's why we have you here, yeah, I mean, HDR tester. There. I mean, look at how bright that stuff is. It, yeah. It's it, even just standing, it's... looking at the screen, right. uh, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, hey, thanks very much. I appreciate it. So the HDR tester is Ellen. Apparently. For those that didn't notice. Let's pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. We've all had those days where nothing has gone quite right and our brains just aren't working at 100%. The last thing we want to do is answer that same customer question for the 20th time today while still sounding friendly and personable. What if your communications can always come off as a ray of sunshine, even on your toughest days? Things like your common customer responses, calendar invite links, or asking for more information can all be expanded with just a few keystrokes. Bam! Enter Text Expander. You can access what you type the most just by typing a few keystrokes, which means you can communicate way better, even on your worst days. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your team's work, so all you have to do is type a short abbreviation, and Text Expander does the rest of the work for you. Text Expander helps drive faster results for customer support, sales, recruiting, engineering, or operations. Here's how it works build and collect your most commonly used emails, phrases, and messaging, and more right within Text Expander. Add things like today's date, fill in the blank fields, timestamps, and more to make content feel more personalized. Then expand it. Deploy the content you need with just a few keystrokes on any device across any app you use. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. It's that easy. Check out Text Expander and have a customer facing happy face no matter your mood. Show listeners get 20% off their first year. So visit textexpander.com slash PCPer to learn more. That's textexpander.com slash PCPer. We return well. with a story from the Star Wars universe, but the force is not with this one because Kotar. Kotor? 
Is it Kotar? Knights Kot- of Kotor. the Old Republic. It's Knights yeah. of the Old Republic. If you want to call it Kotor, you can, but do it better. Okay, fine. Kotor. <laughs> yeah, now begins the downswing of the podcast. It's it's pretty much just all bad news after this. Uh, yeah. Well, apart from a nice little brief story. <laughs> yeah, apart from Kent, who will bring us back. But yeah, the, so this was promised after LucasArts destroyed Aperion, which was uh, a, a fan-built, uh, mostly done Unreal 4 engine port of Knights of the Old Republic. And they got killed. They got canned. They got, it was either, we're going to sue the hell out of you, or you stop doing this. So they stopped doing it. But Asper Media actually worked, and both Sony, uh, who owns the title from the the original game and Lucasfilms that owns everything except they only think they do. It's Disney. They just like to say they're not Disney. Uh, said, you know what? If you can make a nice vertical demo on it. So like a demo of a bunch of different levels, just to prove that you've got the idea of it behind, we will totally let you do this remake. And Asper recently said, you know what? We were originally going to do this for the PS five. Uh, we were going to, move it on to uh, PC as well because there was a lot of negative feedback about not putting it on the PC and they've decided it's just too bloody expensive to do and they don't care about us anymore. Which is too bad because this is essentially one of the best Star Wars games ever made. You can argue that KOTOR 2 was at least as good if not better in some parts but I, I am I'm a big fan of the original. Seeing a remake of this, uh, having done like all of the, the modded projects and have expanded it, they brought it back all of the original content that was supposed to be in there, but they bailed on. I, it was just fun. So yeah, sorry, it's it's on delay again until they find another developer that's even willing to work on it at this point. And yeah, I kind of bum, kind of bummed about that. Well, speaking of games that aren't coming out anytime soon. <laughs> GTA 6. We've all been eagerly awaiting GTA 6, haven't we? Right, we have these next-gen consoles. We have, you know, ever faster. Yeah, but now it's woke because it's a Bonnie and Clyde stealth game. Oh. Well, that's that's only part of it there. That's not entirely the whole thing. There is going to be a female protagonist that is going to be sort of it's a okay. I mean, it worked for Tomb Raider, right? That was what my asinine statement was about. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> Yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, this is look like it's pushed. They've been working on this for since 2015 or was it 2014? So like that? apparently in development since 2014. Oh, okay. So that's, uh, yeah, let's well, see, 2014, 2022, that's uh, eight years uh, and yep, counting. Okay. And uh, it's at least a year plus out. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, what? GTA 5? PC in five hit PC in what, 2013? <laughs> so yeah. 14 sounds about right. Yeah, I guess so. But uh, GTA 5 still going strong. So if you like that sort of thing, you know where to go to get your fixed because GTA 6 is not coming to a PC near you anytime soon. So anyway. <laughs> well, literally, I'm just delaying because I don't want to talk about this next subject. It's let's, utterly and completely terrifying. Like, I may talk need about to the change great, my pants. Let's all talk about the great big turtle we're all riding on instead. Wait, what about oh, Turtlehead? It's... It's elephants. Does somebody all the need way a down. bathroom break. Brett, you can go. It's fine. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Is it the red fine. room? Fine. Was there a certain special frequency that one of us. Okay. No. 
No, it's something I feel Here deep down in my BIOS. Oh. Oh. It's it's no joke, even though it's called. Oh wait, it's not comic. It's cosmic. Cosmic no. strand. This is horrifying. This this is I I don't. It's smegging ridiculous. Uh, Kaspersky recently found a UFEI boot kit. Now you've heard about these in the past. There's been like one or two. They've been very targeted and they've been relatively easy to detect. Well, Kaspersky just spotted one that's been out in the wild for at least six years now. Hundreds of Hmm. thousands of systems at least infected. And this is UAFI one. So it is applied before your OS boots. It is happily able to modify the NTOS kernel and just nothing can see it. And the problem is that, yeah, that is terrifying. You know, for six years now, somehow UAFIs have been done. And I didn't read the full white paper, but I'm pretty sure that this survives a, uh, an update because there's not much point in just being able to reflash your BIOS and get it gone. If this thing's been around for six years and has not been detected, what the hell is the modern boot kits looking like? And they're not root kits. It's a boot kit. Mm-hmm. That's the phrase that we're going to be terrified of forever now. Like, literally, you can't trust anything anymore. Uh, interesting question. Uh, most of the ones that they found for this specific one, Cosmic Strand, were found in China, Vietnam, Iran, and Russia. I'm not casting any assuasions here, but uh, that does raise an interesting question, but this is the only one that's been detected. There is Mm. no way this is the only one out there. And there is no way that in the past six years, they haven't refined their ability to do this. You take out your machine, you take it apart, you throw out all your storage media, you put in brand new storage media, you fire up that motherboard. Yeah. Well, that's where it is. You're reinfected. I don't know if we're going to have some sort of disposable motherboards or BIOS chips at this point, but you might want to start doing that because I think that physically removing the BIOS chip, replacing it and reflashing it, if you can figure out how to do that, uh, might do it because otherwise this is just ridiculously terrifying. Oh, no, uh, the question, it can install software in your OS from my BIOS chip? No, no, it gives them full control over everything. It modifies the kernel, the, the, the heart of your operating system. And I guarantee you that there's no way in hell that Linux doesn't have this or that Apple doesn't have this. It, it hits it before it loads, which means that it's now completely invisible because there's no way to call the areas where it's running away because they literally don't exist to the OS. It's, I, I don't even know what to say at this point. Like, just screw security. It doesn't matter anymore. It's terrifying. No, I mean, the, the, there's some weird questions in here about where does it get in? Like, is this literally being installed in a factory? Is it being installed at the hmm. chip makers? You know, Bloomberg is uh, reporting uh, right now that, oh, wait, no, sorry. Is it uh, being spread over, like, is it something that can actually be done somehow with the, the ability now that you don't have to find your old three and a half inch drive and put in a floppy disk to boot your, to flash your BIOS. No, you can do that from within windows. Doesn't that suggest that you can literally do this 
from within Windows with a small executable. I don't know. I just this is this ruined like twenty twenty two sucks. This ruined it even more. And we've Jeremy, got nothing to look for. Jeremy, yeah. I I really enjoy doing these shows with you. I always hate your segments. I know it's it's my life. Oh, this is horrifying. Well, I no, this make is it any this better. is beyond Dell's freaking uh, server component, uh, the remote server controller uh, D rack uh, getting hacked and still not being fixed. This is beyond Rowhammer. This is beyond Spectre. This is just insane. Let's continue with the bad news. Atlassian reveals critical flaws in almost everything it makes and touches, writes the register. So that doesn't sound especially promising. No, and they have a few apps out there, which people may have heard of. Jira, Bitbucket, Confluence, Crucible. Just things that a few million people are probably using every day. And... um, Finally crafted HTTP requests can just slice straight through any authentication that uh, has been on top of it, including third-party auth, third-party apps, and gain access to the data beneath. It's looking uh, pretty severe. I think they're issuing some patches, but it's been and the flaw has been out there for quite a while, unfortunately. It's clearly something that they've built a lot of their infrastructure upon, and they rely upon it for authentication and and rejection of authentic unauthenticated requests, it is a very base uh, issue, unfortunately. A cross-site scripting can can do it. It's just nasty, unfortunately. I've got a bunch of stuff on Bitbucket. The news doesn't get any better. A zero-day nope. used to infect Chrome users could pose a threat to Edge and Safari users, too. I wonder why. It's almost like they all share the same... Code base. Nah, couldn't be the same engine behind it. Nah, yeah. that's that's just wacky. Oh, there's somebody who's selling cyber attack software, exploiting a previously unknown Chrome vulnerability, and two other zero days in campaigns that covertly infected journalists and other targets with sophisticated spyware. Writes Dan Gooden at Ars Technica. It's a, w, the, the it's a web RTC, a real time communication yeah. flaw. Sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. I, the, the worst thing is that somehow involved in this is a company named Kandiru. And if you know what a Kandiru is, you're, you're, you're clenching your legs. And if you don't, well, I don't want to explain it. Just Google it at some point. But yeah, once Devil's Tongue's installed, uh, it, it essentially installs another driver, which has another unpatched vulnerability, which installs another driver, which has an unpatched vulnerability. It's a lovely little house of cards. It makes browsing exciting again. You know, the internet isn't as fun as it was back in the 90s, and this just... Oh, come on, we still got the drive-by infections. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm trying to remember, why do we enjoy this hobby and, and uh, en- enthusiasm again? Ah, well, hey. Kent, I can tell you. Because you get to play with fancy hardware, like a fancy Z690 motherboard. Oh, yeah. What a professional transition that was. And nice. Kent, who I'm, started... I'm crying still, but... Yeah, just to, just to have another sip of your drink there. And, well, it's a, yeah. it's a new motherboard, so it probably isn't infected yet. Probably not. It's it's safe <clears throat> for now. Unless I think a lot of this was factory. Uh, factory installed, Kent. That's right. Oh, That's no. What I, was gonna say. I like how 
this blog, which is now in its second uh, episode, has become something of a review showcase for this motherboard, which looks pretty nice for the price, Kent. Yes, um, and you would be correct in that assessment. This is uh, an excellent motherboard for the price. Uh, what is the motherboard? Is a, this is the Gigabyte Z690 RS Master. It is a, of course, Z690 chipset motherboard for 12th gen Alder Lake Intel processors. Um, it is an EATX uh, motherboard, so it's slightly wider than your standard ATX, but most cases can still uh, fit it as long as they can fit an ATX. It's it's not quite standard ETA, EA, EATX. Um, those are, I believe, 10.9 inches wide. This one is only 10.6. Um, so it's not much wider than a standard ATX. Um, the key words really with this motherboard are um, uh, VRMs, which it has a 19 plus 1 plus 2 uh, power configuration on it. Um, they're all 105 amp power stages and it has the most massive, uh, fin array heat sink I've ever seen on a motherboard. Um, and those, uh, 19 phases don't get cool. Even when I'm pulling, uh, 320 plus Watts from the processor alone. Wait, don't get cool or don't get hot? Don't get hot. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Apologize. (laughs) Yes, uh, 320 plus watts um, from the processor during Cinebench runs. Good Lord. Yes, I'm overclocking the 12900KS. Oh. It's a blast. (laughs) Um. So anyway, this is a DDR5 motherboard, so it's on the newest standard. Um, It's got an eight-layer PCB, um, a full backplate. I don't think Sebastian believed me, but this motherboard is heavy. You Um, claim something like seven pounds. The the shipping weight listed by... Amazon B&H photo, or I'm sorry, the package weight listed by Amazon B&H photo and um, uh, Newegg is 6.975 pounds. Okay. And I believe it. Um, and there's not a whole lot of accessories in that. Uh, when I felt the motherboard, I said, this thing's got to be at least five pounds. That's just your basic complement of, you know, stickers and cables and... Yeah, it's power delivery, eight-layer PCB. Um, the back plate is pretty hefty. Um, I did remove the back plate. Um, it is a passive cooling back plate. It actually has uh, thermal pads connecting it to the back side of the uh, motherboard where the uh, voltage regulation modules are attached. Okay, um, yeah. And Oh, hey. Yeah, and... The motherboard's just, it's, it has the feel of something that is very high quality. Um, It has um, one uh, PCI uh, Express Gen 4x4 for the M.2 
from the CPU that's in the top slot that also has a monstrously beefy heatsink on it. Uh, that's it in the top oh, yeah. right of that photo. Yeah. Um, it has two uh, PCI Express Gen 4 M.2 slots from the chipset, and then the other two are PCI Gen 3. Um, How did you feel has- about CMOS battery placement, Kent? That's always a big topic around here. <sighs> Can't forget you know, My problem is that I, on my personal systems, I put everything in a hard, hard line liquid cooling loop. Okay. So, and like my current system, uh, my current system, I have a, on both the, this and the current and the, the old one. Um, my, uh, RTX 3090 is in, is in the case vertically. So you couldn't get to the bottom half of the motherboard anyway. So if you have to change your, uh, your UAFI battery, then, um, Hey, you're probably going to solve your infection. So anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the IO is basically all the USBs all the time. The, uh, two USB C, uh, ports you see there are both 20 gigabit. The internal, uh, USB C header for the front panel is also a 20 gigabit it has 10 gigabit LAN. It's oh, it's the Aquantia, the, isn't it? It's the Aquantia controller. Um, it's Wi-Fi 6E. It's um, got a display port out for the uh, internal graphics, which I actually used when I was first setting it up so that I could just, you know, not worry about having to hook a GPU to it to get everything set up. Um and honestly, I have had no weird, no weird issues at all with this motherboard. Um, I think I mentioned last week when I originally got my Z390 motherboard and the 9900K, I actually couldn't get that to run at default settings. I had to overclock that motherboard and processor to get it to run stably. If you set it at default, it would blue screen in five minutes. Craziest thing I've ever seen. This motherboard, it has not cared what I have done. Um, now, during my um, overclocking uh, learning with it, I've had a few blue screens and a couple of freezes, but you know, I'm overclocking. That's to be expected. Um, but I have managed to overclock to the... Um, 12900KS with this motherboard after sort of learning the ins and outs of the UAFI um, and the voltage control on it. I've managed to overclock it to uh, 5.5 on four cores, 5.3 when all eight performance cores are in use, and um, 4.2 on the efficiency cores. That's pretty good. Um, And, uh, yeah, I'm scoring over... 30,000 in Cinebench R23 with this system. Um, It's, it's a bulldozer and and not in the AMD man uh, way of it. It's, it's, um, it's just a powerhouse. I just blew my mind when I saw that first 30,000 pop up. Um, And 
this sort of goes back to my first article on this, you, you know, and even Josh questions why this instead of a Ryzen when the Ryzen is the, you know, better cost for performance. Um, well, especially you know, the motherboard option side too. Right. Um, but I have enjoyed every minute of overclocking on this and you just can't do that on Ryzen. Yeah, I mean, you can do a, a little bit here or there, but you're really, you know, most of it's being taken care of by, you know, settings in the motherboard and, and AMD's own process within it, which is fine. It's great. Um, I love building Ryzen systems, but man, on my system, I, I love freaking overclocking on it, um, getting it to somewhere where I can run it stable at much faster than it was ever intended to be. Um I mean, and that's what that's what where the enthusiasm started for a lot of us it, is being able to do that, um, and you still get that joy with the uh, with Intel on this twelfth gen. Um, and one of the important things to remember, and I actually learned this um, through something Gigabyte has on their website for this motherboard. Okay, they have an overclocking guide. That's nice for this motherboard on their website, which is astounding that, that manufacturers are, are doing that. Um, so it was a good, it wasn't perfect, but it was a really good starting point And it helped me find some settings that can be difficult to find in BIOSes. Um, but one of the things that it mentioned that I was actually unaware of is the TJ max temperature on the 12900 KS is not 100 degrees. It's 115 degrees. I'm sorry? Didn't that used to be a store, the TJ Maxx? Yeah, yes, TJ Maxx, but, Marshalls, uh, yeah. you know, discount resellers. The, the thermal, the thermal junction max temperature <laughs> is... <laughs> Is uh, is 115 degrees on a 12900KS instead of the 100. Where's this uh, overclocking guide, by the way? Um, I actually didn't find it in the section on that motherboard. I actually was did a Google search and it took me to it. Hmm. Um, and it was okay. just for the. It was specifically dealing with how to overclock a 12900K to 5.2 gigahertz. Um, okay. But um, yeah, it was, and it was obviously done by them. It was well laid out. Um, and like I say, it was very helpful uh, just to have that. And like I say, it really helped me find some of those settings that sometimes you're going, where the hell is this? Yeah. When you're working with a new BIOS. Um, and where is resizable bar again? Uh, oh, yeah. Hey, like, yeah. And the UAFI on this, I still prefer the ROG layout, um, but I've also used the ROG layout on uh, probably eight or nine different motherboards in my own and my wife's and setting other systems up. So, you know, I'm very familiar with it. But this one is is better than any of the other newer UFIs I've worked with. It's laid out slightly different, but it still felt sort of familiar. Um, there's a couple of quirks in it. I don't care for, um, when you make the selection, um, 
it actually it actually functions differently whether you're using the keyboard or the mouse. Um, if you use the mouse to select something, you have to use the mouse to complete the selection. And if you use the keyboard to select a function, you have to use the keyboard. You can't, you know, select something with the keyboard and then click on it with the mouse and have it work correctly. It just doesn't seem to, it just sort of sits there like what, but maybe it's got the infection. Who knows? But, um, yeah. Uh, other than other than that, um, a couple of little well, quirks. I have a like, question. Um, sure. Because I mean, the 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 BIOS battery. I mean, I miss Maury. Great guy. Still alive as far as I know. He just doesn't hang out with us anymore. How are the M dot two heat sinks? They are amazing. I will say this, this though. Actually, it looks like it was just one very large heatsink. Even the the the, the chipset controlled uh, four, which two of those are three .0s, um, Those are. Uh, it's still got a m- massive piece of metal attached to it to distribute the heat. Jeremy, um, you didn't see this photo. I mean, look at this. This is that's, oh, that's your M two. That's that looks like a VRM heatsink. That's yeah. stacked. I will say this, um, and I don't know if it might be because the um, ADATA XPG SSD chips were maybe thinner than expected, um, or if Gigabyte was not using the uh, the best quality thermal pads. Um, but when I first put the ADATA on here, I noticed that it was sitting idle around 55 C and would get up much hotter than that. Still not in danger zone for, um, for the flash memory, but you know, I'd like my controller to be a little cooler than that. Um, So I actually removed that and I swapped the, both the upper and lower thermal pads on that particular drive for some 12.8 meter Kelvin, uh, pads that I have here. And, um, immediately I was that, that SSD was idling at like 32 degrees. And now under load, if I'm doing like a a testing of it, it gets up to maybe 47. So yeah. Um, Mm Yeah, the only issue in the with the BIOS that I've encountered that is something that I'm just like, you know, the the finickiness of the controls is one thing, but um, I really wish, and I mentioned it in the article, the debug LED. You can either have it on or off. I like to have that on when some when a system is in post because if something happens, I don't want to have to go back into the BIOS to turn it on. I'd like to be able to look and say, "Hey, where's this stuck right now?" Um, but I don't want those LEDs glaring a okay at me um, the whole time the system's running under normal usage. Um, so yeah, I miss that feature. I wish that they had that available. But other than that, I have no complaints about the UAFI on this system. Um, That's functionally, it, yeah, probably. Um, 
Probably. And it's a um, lot less expensive than an ROG board, which would become very the, premium. The, oh, yeah. The, R, the ROG Z390 Hero that I was using with my 9900K, um, I want to say it was in the high threes when I bought it. Mm-hmm. The new generation Maximus Hero for the Z690 is five ninety nine. Yep. And functionally and specification wise, aside from one feature, this board has better specs. It has better. Um, Let me guess. VR, second land port. What's that? My, let me guess. Oh. The missing feature is a second land port. The, the, like, uh, charge, no. like, an extra hundred bucks. Oh. No, the, the missing, the, the only thing that the uh, Hero had really, aside from some LED functions, which I don't care, um, the, is it has a six pin PCIe connector to provide ah. extra power to um, your uh, PCI by 16 graphics card slot on the mm-hmm. board um, in case your graphics card is pulling more than. You know that I mean, and that slot's rated for seventy-five. But honestly, it's it it, it can handle more than that. But regardless, we won't yeah, get into that. But electronic kicks interference when you start yeah. over. You do get like you do get more stuff with the RG board. You get that hyper M.2 card. And oh, well, I have that, but it's just laid out. It's arranged flat on the bottom of my motherboard. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> but you have a keychain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But this I, mean, I, mean, I like ROG. It's my preference. It's just the prices have gotten. And I know that the ROG, of course, has Strix. So the Strix is kind of occupying the price point of the a old lower ROG price boards. Point, yeah. And then you and have the, to move there's up a, to. There is a Strix board that's a little slightly under the price of this board. Um, but the features of this board, uh, just were worth so much more than the price difference. Um, and honestly, you know, if, if the, uh, if, if Asus is selling the ROG hero for $600, if this had been an Asus ROG board, it would be seven fifty. Um, yeah, but uh, Kent, uh, remember that postcode thing? With the ROG board, you get the postcode. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at some point, as much money as you've spent on this Intel system, did you really have to save the $200? Because you could have everything you want and more. And that M.2 hypercard occupying a slot. No? Okay. But you know, the extra 200 you know, if you've got a budget or whatever, you can spend it on getting something better, like instead of getting a 2 terabyte uh, SSD, you can get a 4 terabyte. It's true. Or, or you could buy a Meg. <laughs> All right. Well... But, um, we will we'll have to hear about performance numbers once you get more uh, into this. Yeah, and um, well, I've done I did all the stock performance testing just on uh, I didn't bother with any graphics testing, but I uh, okay. just had it on an open bench with the uh, 
Fantex uh, 360 AIO that they sent um, with that case, uh, the G360A. Um, and it did a shockingly good job. Um, at stock speeds, um, this would run R23 at, on a unoverclocked, just at stock speed, stock settings, um, with only XMP enabled. It would top out R23 in the mid-80s on a 12900KS. Mm. How does um, it handle um, power limits by default? Does it have them enforced, or does it let it run? At, like- I found this on the web. <laughs> Shut up, watch. Um, it 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 has them enforced by default. Oh, good. Um, and, good. And you have to go in to disable them. Um, and once you disable them, watch out. Yeah, because it, it will um, it will let the power of uh, of that processor just go. And like I say, when my, my overclock settings now, which are completely 24 seven stable at this point, um, it pulls under Cinebitch runs over 320 Watts TDP. I'm sorry. The processor. Did you just say Cinebitch? No, Cinebitch. Okay. No, I heard something. else. Oh, that's that's my mother's yeah, watching, he, so I didn't okay. say sin a bitch. <laughs> no, I think maybe you did. <laughs> oh. And for for Kent's mother, I'm sorry for swearing earlier on the show, mm-hmm. just for comedic uh. effect. <laughs> He's lying, by the way. Uh, yes, she's not watching. Why would she be up this late on a Wednesday night watching the PC Perspective podcast live? She sleeps well, way worse than I do. So, <laughs> what else would you do? That's <sighs> <Yeah>, true. <laughs> So um yeah I I could not be happier with my choice of of motherboards this thing has been um absolutely rock solid it has ex- exhibited no strange behavior um nothing it it recognized uh it, the uh the uh, ram that I purchased the uh um G skill DDR5 um Trident Z5. I got the 6400 kit at 32 cast latency, mm-hmm. and it was not on the QVL list. But I risked it. Boom! Recognized it immediately. Just yeah, I've been very impressed with this this motherboard. And we will hear more in episode three. Yes, you. Revenge will. of. All right, we will move on to picks of the week, which just doesn't feel the same without Josh. In fact, the whole podcast has felt a little different. Oh, come on. I've, uh, I've given him a I've pick tried my best everything. to fill in. Did you have more than one A&W link? brought the whistle dog back in Vancouver. I have been looking for this since I was... I've been looking for this for almost 40 years. What? Okay. What? It's, it's a hot dog, but they cut it open and they put bacon inside of it. Okay. Craft Singles. Do you have you make this Yes, we know. I I, I have a couple of root beer stands, but they are no longer affiliated with AW. They just say the root beer stand on the sign. Oh well, then you, that sucks because you it's need like, the AW yeah, beer need float. The official and a whistle dog because oh my god, these things they look so horrible and they're so good. Okay, apparently only going to be available in Vancouver for a short time. I might be leaving soon just to find one. 
<laughs> I think I got a Fine. clogged ventricle from looking at that picture. It's late night gone. snacks. Oh, hey, fourth you meal. Know Jeremy, fourth meal. Second dinner. Supper. Yeah, dinner. that's true. Second. Like a hobbit. Hobbits have second breakfast and 11 Z's. So yes. you can have. And lunch. Brunch and then lunch, lunch and, and then second lunch and then supper tea. and then afternoon and tea. Yeah. Oh, I forgot the tea. Yeah. Anyways, you can't forget. If you have tea. a 3D printer, have I got something for you to print? This is a, a mathematical form, which hopefully some of you at least remember. This looks like it came from the Legend of Zelda. It looks like a fractal. Uh, it, it it is. It's a specific type of uh, fractal. No? All right, fine. Anyways, uh, it, it's it's a Serpinski octahedron, or octahedron if you prefer. Uh, it is really neat because it is a visual uh, representation that you can touch of a fractal. Depending on how good your printer is, you can make it more and more and more and more complex. And honestly, this is... I, I, there's a lot of stuff you should put on 3D printers, but this one is pretty freaking neat. You should give it a shot if you've got one, and you have. And, I mean, if you're a Zelda fan, you'd probably be also interested in it, but <laughs> this is definitely something that's really nifty. And the whole idea of, you know, teaching kids, because my brother's got one, and he's teaching his wee little daughter about uh, this sort of stuff. It, it's a mathematical form that repeats itself almost infinitely, depending on, you know, how good your printer is. I would highly recommend it. And for anyone that doesn't know what the Thingverse is, well, the Thingiverse is pretty damn cool. Go search for it. It's a damn sight better than the Metaverse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, don't they want me to participate in meetings and videos doing something with them? Yes, I know. Well, how could you not? And so, you know, it's like 3D TV. It's really hot, and everybody's into it. And then in two to three years, it'll disappear. Yeah, whatever happened to that? And the active glasses versus the passive glasses. I know. Active shutter, polarized. It doesn't matter anymore. Brett, could you save us, please? No, this is not very exciting. But it is useful. For those of us who have a stack of hard drives in the basement and some server tucked away someplace else, you want to kind of just pro that that up a little bit and you've got power cables running all over the place neaten it up with one of these yes. $37 it's got surge protection uh, it's got noise filtering in it Ooh. it's got plugs on the front and back and it has rack ears so you've got that semi pro feel it just looks more it. professional when you can mount it in a rack it that's frankly damn, does that's a damn good price yeah. I would get one of these and just use it in my living room. Exactly. The point is, is that you don't actually have to have the rack ears on it to find this extremely useful front access plugs for things that you're maybe moving in and out. Rear and access and plugs. And it's got the flip up for the uh, power switch. For the power switch. And oh, it's surge yes. protected. Yeah, it's protected yes. until you flip it up. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't yes. just find this. Uh, and fusible. Re it's got a resettable fuse in it. And a 15-foot nice. power cord, a 15-foot power cord, which you could run into a hefty UPS if you, you know, feeling particularly jaunty about it. You could, you know, if you had a powerful enough UPS to whatever it is you're plugging into it. But anyway, if you want to be feel a it's little semi-pro, get, you get yourself. No, you can't really go wrong. 
Kent, do you have a pick for us? I do. And uh, do you remember what we said that the KS stood for last week in the uh, 12900K? Kent's a shell. <laughs> That's right. Well, sit sit down and get ready because I'm about to shell. Okay. So if you're on a budget, but you want to build a gaming system right now, this is the processor you should start with. It is the 12th gen 12100F. The reason you should start with this, first off, it's 110 bucks with a $5 off promo coupon. Okay. So it's a $105 quad-core 8-thread processor. But with the right motherboards you can overclock the bejesus out of this processor. With this are, stock cooler? Oh, oh, not with that. the stock color. Oh, okay. with the stock cooler. Okay. No. Um, and there are several motherboards, including some of the lower-priced B660 motherboards that are allowing overclocking on the non-K SKUs. You just have to overclock with the B clock. And people are getting 5.2 gigahertz, 5.3 gigahertz and more off of these little processors. And they're getting like per core scores in Cinebench of over (laughs) 2000 at those speeds. Um, And absolutely fantastic gaming performance because most games still are not going to use more than four cores and eight threads. Um, and at that price, you just can't beat it, especially when you can overclock it with a $150, $160 motherboard. This is a great starting place. Now is absolutely a good time to buy PC parts and build a new system. Would you call this the second coming of the Celeron 300A. Is this, in fact, an overclocker's wet dream, as uh, Phil at Phil's Computer Lab calls the Celeron 300A? Now, the thing is, you do have to, and and it can be found. I actually had to, was looking this week when I was uh, doing some research um, on this specific thing. Uh, There's, you have to look and see which specific boards will allow for the overclocking. Um, but there, you can find it online, which boards do. And there are B660 boards that start around 160 bucks. Um, uh, ITX mini, uh, uh, micro ATX and full ATX boards. Um, and, uh, and I learned of this, uh, through a Derbauer video a few months ago, he had a ball overclocking one of these because it reminded him of how overclocking used to be where you could spend a little on a processor and make it fast. That's has the man that's not easy to impress. Yes. Derbauer is not easy to impress. And he said he had a ball with it. He said it was uh, the most fun he had had overclocking a stock processor in a long time, just because you can actually get some really valuable performance gains out of it. But even if you're not into that, this thing still games very well at stock speeds. Boost on its 4.3 gigahertz. So, yeah, and mm-hmm. it's 105 bucks right now. 
Is it just the four cores? Is it hyper-threaded? Four cores hyper-threaded, okay. yes. So it's four kind of baseline for modern gaming. Yeah. All right, excellent. Well, that concludes Picks of the Week. I'm not, I don't have one this week. And uh, thank you for listening, watching, as we've concluded another exploration of the week that was in PC hardware and software. And so we say good security theater and yeah, and security, security and, and games that will never be released. Games you can't buy, yeah. but graphics cards you can for now. Uh, At the moment, and don't wait too much longer. Federal interest you know, rate I, was raised again by 0.75 today. It's so. just dawned on me a perfect new business. You know, I work in the mental health field and and admin, but I work in the mental health field. What we need is technological anxiety support sorry uh you're you're an it person you're not actually a human being you don't deserve any support whatsoever all you should do is what we tell you see that's wrong oh wait flashback <laughs> to my last hr meeting uh <laughs> <laughs> this feels very dark 